Loving Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name for your mercy and love that you have bestowed upon us in giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Father, we pray that our lives shall return to you in consecration to your service. Lord, as thy word gives life when it enters into the soul, we pray, Father, that you would do that for us as we go through our devotion. Lord in heaven, grant us of your Holy Spirit that your words as they come in shall be spirit and life to us. Lord, please put your words in my mouth for my own words cannot be a blessing to anybody. Lord, I am at your mercy and I pray, Lord, grant me of your spirit that as I speak, it shall be words that will be blessings to everyone who would listen. I pray, Father, that the words which we would listen to shall also bring us closer to the character of Christ. It was grace, Lord, to put into practice all we learn. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 20 Choosing a Wife Thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Genesis chapter 24 verse 3 and 4 Abraham's habitual faith in God and submission to his will were reflected in the character of Isaac. But the young man's affections were strong, and he was gentle and yielding in disposition. If united with one who did not fear God, he would be in danger of sacrificing principle for the sake of harmony. In the mind of Abraham, the choice of a wife for his son was a matter of grave importance. He was anxious to have him marry one who would not lead him from God. Abraham had marked the result of the intermarriage of those who feared God and those who feared him not, from the days of Cain to his own time. The consequences of his own marriage with Hagar and of the marriage connections of Ishmael and Lot were before him. The lack of faith on the part of Abraham and Sarah had resulted in the birth of Ishmael, the mingling of the righteous seed with the ungodly. The father's influence upon his son was counteracted by that of the mother's idolatrous kindred and by Ishmael's connection with heathen wives. The wife of Lot was a selfish, irreligious woman, and her influence was exerted to separate her husband from Abraham. But for her, Lot would not have remained in Sodom, deprived of the counsel of the wise, God-fearing patriarch. No one who fears God can without danger connect himself with one who fears him not. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos chapter 3 verse 3. The happiness and prosperity of the married relation depends upon the unity of the parties. 
but between the believer and the unbeliever there is a radical difference of tastes inclinations and purposes they are serving two masters between whom there can be no accord however pure and correct one's principles may be the influence of an unbelieving companion will have a tendency to lead away from god the lord's direction is be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 17 and 18 amen The title of our devotion for today is Choosing a Wife and this is a study on the marriage of Isaac. If there is one marriage which we can see in the Bible apart from that of Adam and Eve which is clearly ordained by God, if there is another one that we know that the Lord was the one that brought this couple together in marriage and the method by which it took place, the method, then that marriage is a marriage of Isaac and Rebecca. And there are many lessons to learn from this marriage of Isaac and Rebecca. The Lord who helped Isaac to find a wife, to choose a wife for himself, is still the Lord who exists today. And the Lord does not change. Let us have that in mind. And if he does not change, he who was so particular in choosing for Isaac a wife can do the same for every man today and every woman can be selected for a man through the same method and means. While we are not expecting this to be the standard for everyone, let us have in mind generally as a principle that the Lord is still in the business of choosing a spouse for everyone. The only problem we are having today is that man doesn't want God to be involved. Man doesn't want God to choose for him. Man is not interested in God's desires and ideas. They fear that if they leave this matter in the hands of God, that God will make them unhappy, that God will choose for them someone who they cannot love or will not appreciate but here is where faith comes in here is where trust in god comes in here is where implicit faith in god's dealing with us is best for us do you mistrust god we need to learn to have faith in god and leave things in his hands in the marriage of isaac we see that kind of trust here in the book of genesis 24 you realize that in the choosing of a wife for Isaac, Isaac left it in the hands of his earthly father Abraham, who him, he in turn left it in the hands of his servant, who in turn left it in the hands of God. Eventually, it was just God who was involved. But we learn the lesson of submission to the will of God in the choosing of a spouse. That's one lesson we, we need to learn. The fact that Abraham was the one who did this matter for Isaac and not that Abraham went to look for the wife because he didn't involve himself. He sent his servant and the servant himself didn't just go around picking someone. He left it in the hands of God. 
that lesson should bring us to the conclusion today that when we want to choose a spouse, in the case now, directly choose a wife, we should leave the matter in the hands of God. One will be asking the question, does God tell us who to marry? Well, through the principles contained in his word and through the lesson we are going to learn today, yes, he does tell us that. And when we come to a corner where you are wondering, okay, based on these principles, I can see so many ladies or men who fit this principle. What do I do? We will see what to do. So let us go through the story of how Isaac's wife was chosen for him. Genesis 24 reading from verse 1 says and abraham was old and well stricken in age and the lord had blessed abraham in all things and abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had this servant by the way is the man called eleazar whom abraham spoke of in the book of Genesis 15 verse 2 where he said and Abraham said Lord God what will thou give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus so that's the man being referred to here the steward of the house the, the, the chiefest of his servants is called Eleazar of Damascus so it is this servant that Abraham called to give this duty of choosing a wife for his son so Abraham said unto him, in Genesis 24, reading from verse um, 2, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou, that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, and from the land of my kindred, and which speak unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto the seed, unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and sware to him concerning the matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master, and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. 
And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well, and filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her, and said, let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted, and let down her pitcher upon her hand, and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, until they have done drinking. And she hasted, and emptied her pitcher into the trough, and ran again unto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels, and the man wondering at her, held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man and unto the well. Amen. So here is a story of how the wife was seen for Isaac. And when uh, Eleazar was taken to the house, he narrated the story to Rebekah's family. The brother, the father, and uh, the mother narrated the story to them. And in verse 40, 49, this he told them and now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master tell me and if not tell me that i may turn to the right hand or to the left then laban and bethuel answered and said the thing proceeded from the lord we cannot speak unto thee bad bad or good behold rebekah is before thee take her and go let her be thy, thy master's son's wife as the Lord had spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Amen. So here is a story we are referring to of how a wife was chosen for, for Isaac. Now let us get the lessons from here. First of all, like I've already said, firstly, Isaac left the choosing of a wife in the hands of God by leaving it in the hands of his father, who left it in the hands of his servant, who left it in the hands of God we should learn to leave this matter in the hands of god too many people want to ask the question oh i want to marry someone i love and there's nothing wrong with that marry someone you love but then you should know that you should love someone god chooses for you this wife chosen for isaac isaac never knew her in the sense of her name her face what she looks like nothing of that nature isaac didn't know any of that but when she was chosen for him, he loved what was chosen for him. When Rebekah was brought to his home, 
he didn't check to see do i love her or don't love her he just implicitly trusted in god that whoever god chooses for him that is who he will love you see love is a choice you can choose to love we should learn not to place our own ideas above god's ideas or our choices and preferences above god's choices and preference for us god knows us better than we know ourselves look at the situation isaac found himself in he how was isaac going to be able to choose someone for himself who would fit his temperament and character in the first paragraph of our devotion conflict and courage page 57 paragraph 2 it says that the young man's affections that isaac's affections were strong and he was gentle and yielding in disposition if united with one who did not fear god he would be in danger of sacrificing principle for the sake of harmony in the mind of abraham the choice of a wife for his son was a matter of grave importance he was anxious to have him marry one who would not lead him from god some of us we need to be careful about this our temperament matters and you cannot trust yourself to choose someone who would fit your temperament the matter of marriage is so deep that you cannot leave it in your own hands you just have to leave it in the hands of god isaac left it in the hands of god he is a yielding type he is the type who can for the sake of peace and many men are like that today women too many of them are like that today oh unite yourself with someone who is ungodly and you'll find out that the person will move you to do things that the lord wouldn't have you do for the sake of maintaining peace in the home some men today because they want to maintain peace in the home have yielded to their ungodly wives some women because they want to maintain peace in the home have yielded to their ungodly husbands if if isaac married anybody who is ungodly his life would have come to an end as far as spiritual things are concerned because our character would certainly show itself and isaac there was no way it was going to work for him except he marries a godly woman and this is the reason why for him and for us too this matter should be left in the hands of god because we cannot of ourselves know for sure who that person will be in temperament that will yield us away um, lead us away from god so here's here are some lessons we learn from this story i'm just talking about the first one now we need to learn to consult god and let god choose for us now how does god choose for us if you look at this story the man first of all abraham had already made it clear that it must be a godly person and we'll talk about what that means the person must be as you see must be willing to follow you to the journey that you have gone through remember that abraham came from this same land mesopotamia going down to the land of the child is babylon that's where he came from he sent his servant go back to that same babylon get a wife for my son and the the, the servant asked what if the woman I, I find doesn't want to cross over remember they were hebrews they crossed over the jordan which is a symbolism of leaving babylon changing your ideas your practices your culture adopting god's own ideas now the servant asked remember the servant was part of them so he came from that same place crossed over with with um abraham because in genesis 15 we see he's already he's already there in genesis 15 uh this servant was already there so you can likely say that he was part of those who came from that same land of the childies with abraham so he understand all this story very well he knows it so he's asking abraham should i take your son back there or if, if the woman doesn't want to come abraham knows the criteria 
this is a principle if the woman doesn't want to cross over that is make all the changes necessary to become that child of god then he said to the servant do not take my son back taking isaac back will be for him to leave the worship of god to going back to the worship of idols remember that leaving mesopotamia or leaving babylon and crossing over the river euphrates and the river jordan to the other side represented the dropping of the worship of other gods which is where abraham came from worshiping his family is worshiping other gods and laban you will see was not worshiping god he was worshiping other gods and that's the kind of family rebecca came from they were not necessarily worshippers of god and the standard and principle is that the person must agree to cross over that means the person must be one who has gone through a conversion experience just like abraham and isaac and eliezer himself she must also have that conversion experience cross over the river euphrates to the other side canaan the place of god and begin to worship god from there we learn the lesson that two cannot work together except they be agreed you cannot marry an unbeliever the bible warns us clearly do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers in the choosing of a wife we must choose clearly someone we can see like rebecca who has made those changes who has experienced conversion dropped the worship of other gods changed the practices changed ideas into the idea of god and the practices enjoined in the word of god that is a very broad statement because you now need to know all these principles and practices one by one as a man who wants to choose a wife needs to know himself what are the principles and practices of god that means he who is a man must have crossed if the man is still in babylon and then how is he going to know a woman who has left babylon when he is still in babylon so the man himself needs to have had this conversion experience before saying he's looking for a woman who is also converted so that's one and i cannot necessarily go through all the details of what it means that the life of someone who is converted and i'll simply say what i've said earlier which is that the person must abide by the commandments of god keeping with the law of god in our own present day bringing it down to ourselves we have a peculiar truth we have a peculiar message in a time when all is all, all the world is saying oh we are christian and we see so many differences in what is called christian an unbeliever doesn't necessarily mean somebody that is not attending your church neither does a believer mean somebody that's attending your church we have to break those barriers now and realize that a believer is one who keeps the commandments of god and have the faith of jesus as we see in the book of revelation 14 verse 9 to 12 the third angel's message the present truth someone who has accepted and is practicing the present truth who has the lord jesus as their commander who in these days is a peculiar generation separate from the world not in unity with the world who has come out from among them and is separate those are the things we need to look out for today there is a stark difference between god's people and worldly people you cannot mistake it there's a difference in the dress there's a difference in the diet there's a difference in the choice of career there's a difference in the daily practices of the life there's a difference in the fashion all these things are clear-cut differences that one must look out for and then there's still the issue of character because one could even have all these outer differences and the character is not godly all these things we are to check 
very carefully and the lord is the one who would help for these things to happen now in the method eliezer used is something we can uh, we get a lesson from there we can get something to take out of it which is asking for a sign you see because of the confusion in this matter Eliezer had to just leave it in the hands of God and ask God for a sign. But when you look at the kind of sign he asked for, it was a sign that was tied to character. At least you could see that the matter was difficult and he he prayed that the Lord should provide someone who would do a work that only a godly person can do. And what was that work? That will feed, give him water when he asks and also when he may not he will not ask but if the person goes further than giving him water but giving his camels water then he will know that this is the person the lord has chosen we should not be afraid to ask signs from the lord there's nothing wrong with that in the word of god we see those things happening but this sign should be asked i think mostly when you have gone through other principles you cannot ask god for a sign and the sign you're asking for doesn't have to do with the commandments of god when you know very well that the sign you are saying there are some stages you should have already passed through which is that you should already come to a point where you know that the person you are choosing must be godly which is keeping with the present truth and having done that perhaps you are confused maybe you see more than one person who fits that billing then that is where you need to ask god to choose for you after you have gone through your own duty which is to scrutinize based on the word of god and the commandments of god having done that scrutiny leave it in the hands of god in prayer look at this the the the, the, the story of joseph it should give us confidence in the fact that God is still interested in choosing wife for us. The story of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, reading verse 19 to 21 says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Joseph was going to put away his wife. The Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying he shouldn't do that, and he obeyed. My point here is that the Lord who gave clear-cut directions to Joseph can still give clear-cut directions to us today. If we will sincerely go on our knees and pray to the Lord and tell him about our confusion, the Lord will speak to you. He can speak to you in a dream like he did for Joseph or through the providences that are around us like Eliezer asked for a sign and that sign was fulfilled. Now, understand something. Remember that the time Eliezer asked for this, it was a time when women come to fetch water and he was close to that place the lord properly ordered that his sign will be fulfilled let us not doubt when we ask the lord there there are many women who could have come out that day the lord ensured that the one that will come and do that duty it's not as if rebecca is the only woman who can do that duty of feeding those of giving the camels water and that was a very 
heavy task by the way because if you understand how much water one camel drinks then you will know the kind of work she did in giving 10 camels water when she was not even asked that was a test of character she wasn't asked to give those camels water but of her own thoughtfulness of her own godliness of her own kindness and goodness she offered to help Eleazar not given only Eleazar water how much water can Eleazar drink very little but the camels will drink just one camel to give one camel water you will fetch and fetch and fetch just one and there were 10 camels and me to understand that one camel at a go can take at I think 15 gallons in 10 minutes and they can take up to 20 gallons in 13 minutes and sometimes even if they are very thirsty they can drink about 50 gallons of water just one camel so imagine having to give 10 camels water to drink 10 imagine how many times she would have fetched that water from the well to give 10 camels to drink what a test of character that was that test that Eleazar asked for was a test of character the fact that first of all the person is not going to be asked means that the person needs to have an eye to see duty and perform it to help kindly without any selfish motive she was not thinking oh i want eliza to marry me so let me do this kindness who knows whether this is the man that is going to marry me she was just doing it of her own will understanding the need of this man thoughtfully she helped him gave his camel water and she was going to go her way never see him again this is the same character of abraham and the character of lot which is entertaining strangers Eliezer was a stranger and she entertained him not knowing who he was not out of any selfish motive she was going to go her way that was a character she had and that was the kind of sign that Eliezer asked for so when asking for a sign it's not just to ask the Lord one shallow sign but the the sign should be something that has to do with tests of character and if the Lord will be gracious unto you and help you to fulfill that then we can go with it but if not then trust the lord and that's not the only way to go about it you trust the lord and you move on i know that there will be a lot of questions on this area but my point is trust god in these matters he who spoke to joseph in a dream can speak to you he who fulfilled the sign for eliezer can also do the same for you it is important that you have these things to know you need to know the lord chose your spouse for you and how would you know by the principles contained in the word of god and secondly through these divine manifestations so that when you get married these divine manifestations will keep you because people are troubled in their marriage today they look back when things are happening and wonder to themselves when things are not going right as they expect it to be and they wonder did i make the right choice am i sure it was god that gave me this wife am i sure it was god that gave me this husband now this is the reason why you need to have tokens of god's approval before entering into the marriage because you get confused when you do get married and start wondering was it god who chose for me these tokens will remind you of god's leading whenever it is that isaac thinks was it god who chose rebecca for me he will remember that story of eliezer and when he remembers that story regardless of what is happening in that marriage through thick and thin fair weather bad weather he will remain in it knowing very well that it was the lord who led me thus far and even for us bad things may happen in the marriage different things accidents 
troubles of all kinds, sickness, even quarrels in the home and then it can make you start to wonder, did I make the right choice? Was it God who chose this person for me? This is the reason why before getting married, you must have something, this token to make you sure that the Lord is leading you. If not, you will get confused when you are married and start wondering, oh, maybe the Lord didn't choose for me. So, from the story of uh, Eleazar and Isaac and Rebecca, that is a lesson. But what's more, there are other things we should check in the choosing of a wife that I would want to take note of some other things we, we can look at. When we read the book Adventist Home, page 45 to 46, it says, Let a young man seek one to stand by his side who is fitted to bear her share of life's burdens, one whose influence will ennoble and refine him, and who will make him happy in her love. Going down, it says, Here are things which should be considered. A one a question is asked will the one you marry bring happiness to your home is she an economist or will she if married not only use all her own earnings but all of yours to gratify a vanity a love of appearance are her principles correct in this direction has she anything now to depend upon I know that to the mind of a man infatuated with love and thoughts of marriage, these questions will be brushed away as though they were of no consequence. But these things should be duly considered, for they have a bearing upon a future life. In your choice of a wife, study her character. Will she be one who will be patient and painstaking? Or will she cease to care for your mother and father at the very time when they need a strong son to lean upon? And will she withdraw him from their society to carry out her plans and to suit her own pleasure and leave the father and mother who instead of gaining an affectionate daughter will have lost a son? End of quote. So these are questions we should ask and we should be intelligent enough to judge character and know when these things are seen in someone or when they are not seen i mean the questions just asked for example economy you should be able to judge when someone is an economical person or not or one who you could see it when it says if they use their money to gratify vanity they are involved in things of fashion and want to always spend spend the spendthrift then you know that this person is not an economist so it's left for us to understand how to judge character and give um, positive answers to this question. Um, again, reading Adventist homepage 87, it says, Many ladies accounted well-educated, having graduated with honors at some institution of learning, are shamefully ignorant of the practical duties of life. They are destitute of the qualifications necessary for the proper regulation of family and hence essential to its happiness. They may talk of woman's elevated sphere and of her rights, yet they themselves fall far below the true sphere of a woman. It is the right of every daughter of Eve to have a thorough knowledge of household duties, to receive training in every department of domestic labor. So here are some things you should know uh, if you are choosing a wife. This should be someone who is not just portioned, like it says, those who are so-called graduates educated but yet 
they don't know how to do the household duties of domestic domestic labor going on in the reading it says every young lady should be so educated that if called to fill the position of wife and mother she may preside as a queen in her own domain she should be fully competent to guide and instruct her children and to direct her servants or if need be to minister with her own hands to the wants of her household it is her right to understand the mechanism of the human body and the principles of hygiene the matters of diet and dress labor and recreation and countless others that intimately concern the well-being of her household and stop here this you see this is the problem with the education of today the education that people have today of coming out with their honors a bachelor's degree and the rest does not teach them these things does not qualify women for the real duties of life so they are taken to primary school secondary school and then the university and in the home they don't have much time and training to receive there come out and they are destitute of these domestic labors and the practical duties of everyday life and not just that but the other things we are reading here that talks about understanding the mechanism of the human body principles of hygiene dress uh, diet labor recreation all the things connected with maintaining a household these are things that we should be thoroughly educated in so we are talking about an education of the human body here not just a surface education but a good one for a woman who is going to take care of the, uh, a family whether the husband and the children again it goes on saying it is her right to obtain such a knowledge of the best methods of treating disease that she can care for her children in sickness instead of leaving her precious treasures in the hand of stranger nurses and physicians so these are the things some of the things that we should look out for and in the choosing of a wife and for a woman in herself to prepare herself to be the wife that the lord would have her be to her husband and children now having said that we can still go further it says uh in page 89 of adventist home many of the branches of the study that consume the student's time are not essential to usefulness or happiness but it is essential for every youth to have a thorough knowledge every youth both male and female to have a thorough knowledge with everyday duties if need be a young woman can dispense with a knowledge of french and algebra or even of the piano but it is indispensable that she learn to make good bread to fashion neatly fitting garments and to perform efficiently the many duties that pertain to homemaking hmm. today this looks like irrelevant things but the lord is wiser than us if you are preparing yourself to make a home these are important things knowing the domestic duties managing the home this is like what we say home management the kitchen the, the house doesn't mean that the person is going to be necessarily a slave if you look at even uh us and some people are women they say oh i don't want to be a slave it doesn't make you a slave it is a high duty this is management of the home it is a very elevated duty for a woman leaving the sphere where the lord has ordained for for many they they would think that like it says they are going for the women's rights and trying to place themselves in the sphere elevated sphere they themselves fall far below the true sphere of a woman 
far below by claiming oh we need to have the women's rights and all of that you see this is very important for us talking about the domestic duties but nevertheless that doesn't mean that a woman is to be judged based on how much work she can do in adventist home page 114 paragraph 1 it says the two who unite their interest in life will have distinct characteristics and individual responsibilities each one will have his or her work but women are not to be valued by the amount of work they can do as a beasts of burden. The wife is to grace the family circle as a wife and companion to a wise husband. At every step, she should inquire, is this the standard of true womanhood? And how shall I make my influence Christ-like in my home? The husband should let his wife know that he appreciates her work. So for men, it's very important that you don't value women by the amount of work they can do in comparison to animals as if it's just about somebody being a workaholic. We should understand also that not everyone has the same abilities as it comes to this matter. It's not everyone. There should be a limit when you are uh, looking for these signs. You don't get so critical that you see just minor mistakes in someone's life and defects here and there just little defects and then because of that you feel oh this person will not make a good wife no that's not what we're saying you just need to have these things in mind and basically you see the trajectory of someone's life you see the inclination and the disposition where someone is going to doesn't mean that they may have everything here but you already see the direction where someone's life is going to pray to the lord as a man ask him to direct you and you know the principles already the signs the person must be able to leave babylon come out and go into the present truth in following the lord and crossing the crossing the river to the other side and also you see that having done that if they have made that change in coming over to meet you where you are not you making compromises to come down to them isaac was not to compromise his standards by leaving canaan back to babylon it is the woman who was to come up higher and meet him where he was and when those things are done certainly all these other signs i'm referring to here would already be in place and it's important for us to have these things in mind the unity of the family is except two can be agreed if two are not agreed they cannot work together and remember like we just read now that the woman is not to be valued by how much work they do when comparing them to uh, animals or just making comparisons here and there as if uh, they cannot work remember that everybody has their limits everybody has their capabilities and capacity and these are things that we should consider when making this choice another thing is the compatibility which will come with respect to like in the case of Isaac, we see that Isaac is a yielding person. He did not need somebody who would be as yielding as him. He needed someone who would have a strong character because for him, he is very yielding to the word of God. But because of his attitude of always wanting peace, it was going to be a hindrance for him. So he needed somebody who would be strong to stand by his side. And that's where we allow the Lord to choose. Only God can do these things for us to bring someone who will complement our character just as when it comes to the work of evangelism we read in evangelism page 72 paragraph 3 when jesus sent his disciples forth to labor they did not feel as some do now that they would rather work alone 
than have anyone with them who did not labor just as they labored. Our Savior understood what wants to associate together. He did not con- connect with the mild, beloved John, one of the same temperament, but he connected with him the ardent, impulsive Peter. These two men were not alike either in their disposition or in their manner of labor. Peter was prompt and zealous in action, bold and uncompromising, that's like Rebecca now, and would often wound. John was ever calm and considerate of others' feelings and would come after to bind up and encourage, that's like Isaac. Thus, the defects in one were partially covered by the virtues in the other. This is how God ordains things. It was Jesus who made this choice. And it was he who made the choice of Rebekah for Isaac, one who was more strong in character than himself. And when I say strong in character, it doesn't mean she follows the principles of God more than Isaac. No, we're talking of that other temperament that is outgoing, that is firm. Isaac, though firm, is yielding. That's the problem. So he needed that kind of person. So this is why we need to leave these things in God's hands because he is the perfect judge of character. Isaac left it in God's hands and God chose the perfect match for him. We also can leave it in God's hands and leaving it in God's hands today may mean exactly what happened to Isaac. Praying for the Lord to just make the choice for us and he will do that. Or like we said, you need to go through the rigory of judging character for yourself based on what we have just gone through we have seen some questions to ask will she do this will she do that is she an economist will she allow me to uh do the duties to my own family and will she also recognize her duties to the in to her in-laws and uh domestic labor how is she in that area those are questions that we should ask and answers that we should get satisfying ones for and don't get so critical that you start to judge a woman by the amount of work she does for and as we go about it maybe some of us are already doing this work let us trust in god that he will be able to do for us what is important and will make that choice for us and we can trust in him to make it for us amen let us pray thank you loving father for the words you have spoken to us i pray father that these words shall fall on the hearts of many with understanding through thy holy spirit there are many who are trying to make this choice now of a wife lord i pray that as they yield themselves to you that you shall be their guide and help them to make that choice today many people are sad and unhappy because of the choices made of a wife in the marriage i pray father that for those who are in this duty now, that you help them, that they would not be left to make a choice that they would regret, but that you will be the guide and you will be the leader in this matter, that they shall make a happy and successful home. Thank you for hearing our prayers and answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.